0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Devin Rogers Experience Podcast where we talk about my favorite bands and my favorite albums and songs by these bands. Today we're going to be talking about the most influential and the greatest metal band of all time, Metallica. First, led by Cliff Burton, Lars Ulrich, Kirk Hammett, and James Hetfield. These three young men made a sound completely new to music and changed the face of music forever. This is the first song off their first record, Kill em All, called Hit The Lights. I can't think of a better song to open up and show the world who you are than Hit The Lights. It's fast, it's got punk roots. Let's take a listen. Yeah, I love this song. This song first appeared in a metal collection from various bands, where a record label was trying to, you know, compile a bunch of different metal groups and show off what the metal genre has to offer. Because when Metallica first came onto the scene, they were really the pioneers of what we now know as modern metal. So when they recorded this song, hit the lights for um, this compilation record, um, they wanted to show the the world who they are and. What better way than a uh, fast hitting song um, and fun song than Hit the Lights? I think it's funny in this song how they talk about how they have these fans that want to come see their shows. And really, the song is a lot more fun and um, playful than most of their other songs. And they're talking about how they have fans that want to come see the show. But yet, at the time when they were writing this, they probably, probably didn't have that many fans that wanted to come see the shows. But nonetheless, the, the, the lyrics about having fans uh, coming to their shows definitely came true later on when I mean, they would pack stadiums and thousands of fans would pack in crowds just to see Metallica. The concert that Metallica has played that just astounds me to this day is when they played at where the Berlin Wall used to be. And it was a separation of East and West. And when the Berlin Wall fell, they had a variety of different rock and roll bands come to celebrate the unification of um, Europe and and, uh, Russia, East and West Germany. They had a bunch of different bands. I know ACDC was one and Metallica was another. But in this concert footage, it is just a sea of people. And it is absolutely insane to see how many people are at this concert they have helicopters flying above the crowds to try to control people because back then Russia didn't know what what people were doing in the crowds they would see people moshing and thrashing around and they they were honestly scared they didn't know what this sort of uh, celebration of music was but this is what Metallica is it it makes you want to thrash around and headbang and you know just have a good time listening to it and that's what Metallica does and even if their lyrics are pretty dark and sometimes scary they're still fun because they have such good instrumentation behind them so I'll just give a little history on each of the band members they're all from California besides Lars Ulrich who was so I'll just talk a little bit about the history of all the band members um, Kirk Hammett is the lead guitarist and When he was growing up, he was really obsessed with comic books and dark stories like H.P. Lovecraft and Cthulhu. Kirk, at a young age, ran away from home after a disagreement with his parents, which would set the stage for his metal attitude and persona that would carry into Metallica. Kirk found uh, another person who shared the same passion of H.P. Lovecraft and horror stories and Cliff Burton, the phenomenal bassist behind Metallica's early music. Cliff was by far the most talented of the musicians in Metallica's early lineup. Cliff began playing music at age six and started out on piano playing to classic music. I think it's hilarious that one of Cliff Burton's main inspirations in all of his music is none other than Johann Sebastian Bach. And you can hear the influence that Bach had on Cliff Burton's bass playing. Cliff is just... An absolute behemoth of bass. There's been no one else like him in in the world of bass since him and even before him. James Hetfield is the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for Metallica. When James was growing up, his father was mostly absent from his life and his mom became very ill and due to them being Christian scientists, his mother did not want to receive any treatment for her cancer that she had just been diagnosed with. What James Hetfield saw in his mother was someone that was withering and decaying right before his eyes, and he couldn't do anything to help her, and even though she could have received treatment for her cancer, she chose not to because of her religion, and this is very evident, this darkness that James Hetfield witnessed and dealt with in his early life with his mother's passing is so apparent in Metallica's music. The last member of Metallica, their early lineup, is Lars Ulrich. He's actually the son of two Danish tennis players. Growing up, he always had an interest in drums, and he convinced his grandma to buy him his first drum set. After Cliff Burton, Metallica had two other bassists. One, Jason Newsted. Jason Newsted is a really great bassist, and unlike Cliff Burton, he uses a pick instead of using his fingers on bass. Many Metallica fans would agree that what Jason Newstead brings to the band is his great backup vocals. When you see them perform, or at least when you would see them perform live on stage when he was still in the band, he would oftentimes cover the entire vocals of a song. Let's say in Seek and Destroy, there's the, the live record that they have. He sings pretty much all of the lyrics, and he does it great. When Jason Newstead left the band, Rob Trujillo would join on bass. Many people see Rob Trujillo as a worthy predecessor to Cliff Burton. Unlike Jason Newstead, who used a pick, Rob uses his fingers like Cliff did. And he uses four fingers as opposed to the three fingers that Cliff Burton would pluck the bass with. So Metallica formed when Lars Ulrich put out an ad asking for people to play with him, play uh, heavy metal drums. James Hetfield answered this call, and the two met in their shared city of Los Angeles to play and rehearse a few songs together. James noticed that Lars was still fledgling on drums, but nonetheless, Lars's attitude and, and his drive highly motivated James to continue playing with Lars. So, James and Lars recruited Ron McGovney, who was actually the first bassist of Metallica, and they also recruited Dave Mustaine, who would later uh, go on to be the lead guitarist for another band, another highly successful metal band called Megadeth. Unfortunately, or fortunately for Metallica fans, things didn't work out with Ron McGovney and Dave Mustaine, so Cliff Burton and Kirk Hammett would replace the two early members of Metallica. With the new members of Metallica all joining together and forming a cohesive unit, they would go on to practice and rehearse endlessly and play many gigs in the San Francisco area after Cliff Burton made James and Lars move to San Francisco from Los Angeles just so that they could be a band together. And Cliff was such a great uh, bassist, such a prodigy, that Lars and James knew that they had to move to San Francisco to be with him Kirk, James, Lars, and Cliff the four of them are nicknamed the Four Horsemen and I can't think of a better nickname for them the second song off their first record "Kill 'Em All is called the Four Horsemen and this is a reference to the book in the Bible, Revelations the Four Horsemen would set the stage for what Metallica would be They're a band that would play long songs. The Four Horsemen is seven minutes long. And because of this, because of their song lengths, Metallica rarely got any airplay on the radio. Another reason why they weren't played on the radio so much is because their lyrics were really dark and kind of sinister. And even though they are that way, it doesn't mean that what they're talking about is anything unnatural. They're talking about feelings and emotions that are completely real. And oftentimes they're scrutinized for having such dark lyrics, but really they're so real and they're so raw. They're often quoting the Bible, like the the song The Four Horsemen. And then you have other songs like Creeping Death that tell the story of Exodus. Other popular songs like For Whom the Bell Tolls is a reference to... An Ernest Hemingway novel called *For Whom the Bell Tolls*. There's such intelligence to their songwriting, not just in the lyrics, but also in the song structure. Oftentimes, they switch from different time signatures. I've seen um, sheet music with time signatures I didn't even know existed. But to be honest, I don't think they're really counting the the beats in their head. They're really just feeling where the beat lands. Let's listen to this awesome solo in the Four Horsemen. You get it, Kirk. Just by listening to that, you can tell the musicianship in Metallica is so prominent in their music. All three bassists that have been in Metallica are just world-class musicians, and Kirk Hammett is one of the best metal guitarists of all time. This next song is called "Jump in the Fire. It's a pretty simple song to play, but it's so fun to listen to and to play along to. Cliff Burton is pretty much playing a walking bass line, meaning that it's the same rhythm repeated, one and, two and, three and, four and, but he's walking down the bass. And it's simple, but it's funky and it's groovy. And the, the main lyrics of the song, what they're talking about, it comes from the perspective of the devil. And he's saying, hey, there's a little bit of me in everyone. And the song is coming from the perspective of Satan saying, Come jump in the fire, come join me. And even though this is a uh, you know a dark song, Satan does want people to come into his darkness. He wants people to come join him alongside his legion of demons, and it's so real. I don't know why anyone would criticize this song as being um, you know too dark because it's so real. Another song on their first record, "Kill 'Em All," that shines is "Anesthesia Pulling Teeth." And this song in particular shows Cliff Burton's uh, his genius. Most of the song is a bass solo that you can tell the Johann Sebastian Bach inspiration comes in. And about halfway through the song, Lars Ulrich joins him on drums just playing a simple uh, heavy metal beat in the background. But man, oh man, what a song. I can listen to this in the car and just be taken away to a different place and just think about the impact cliff burton left on this world in the short time that he lived in it no remorse is another fan favorite off their first record this song is pretty much just saying it's coming from a war perspective and you know generals and soldiers saying that they don't have any remorse for what they've done in war and you know again so true and Metal lyrics and, you know, metal bands and rock and roll bands in general were often scrutinized for being, you know, music of the devil. And if you're going to call music of the devil music that's real and honest about the world, then, you know, that's sad that people have to uh, classify music like this. It's, It's so disheartening to me that people do this. This is probably my favorite Metallica song called Seek and Destroy. It's off their first record again. And... Let's just listen to it and hear how awesome it is. Now that riff is just so amazing. And since you can't really hear the bass coming out of it, I'm actually going to play the bass isolated track. All right, so here's just Cliff Burton playing along to the song You Can Destroy. Here's his bass part. There's just so much going on in that bass track that he's doing. He's doing a, a sort of gallop rhythm, the one and a two and a three and a four and. That's just so impressive. I've tried to do that. I've been practicing that um, that sort of gallop uh, technique a lot in my own bass playing, and I'm only just now starting to get it. And I've been playing this song since probably July, uh, playing it religiously on bass because it's m- probably my favorite song to play on bass, and I can still only get about half of what Cliff is playing in the song. He's just such a genius and a virtuoso at bass. Metallica closes their first album with a uh, equally hard-hitting song to hit, em, hit the lights called Metal Militia Let's take a listen Wow just listen how fast Lars can play truly astounding That's just the intro of the song and they get even faster and more powerful throughout the song. And the bass lines are um, so funky and groovy at the same time, so metal. So Metallica introduced themselves with that first record and showing the world who they are. And they came back with their second record, Ride the Lightning, and even furthered uh, the name of Metallica and etched it into history with one of the most popular metal albums of all time. The front of the album has the classic Metallica uh, band logo with lightning coming out, um, coming out onto an electric chair. Now this album is much darker than Kill 'Em All is. Listen to the guitar here. Very dark, dissonant, not a lot of pretty chords. No pretty chords, actually. Now here's the first lyrics to Ride the Lightning. Do unto others as they've done to you. Just with those first lyrics off Fight Fire with Fire, you begin to understand the sort of worldview that James Hetfield has. Now, I still remember the first time that I ever heard Metallica, or at least recognized that it was Metallica. In the beginning of the movie Zombieland, there's a long opening intro featuring Metallica's song For Whom the Bell Tolls with a slow-motion Uh, shots of zombies chasing after people for whom the bell tolls is another fan favorite so let's listen to hear why it's so loved you think that's a guitar solo it's a bass solo Only Cliff Burton could do that. Man, oh man, what a powerful sound. So dominant. So pretty much my whole life, I thought that opening riff was a guitar solo. And then about a year ago, my older brother tells me that that's actually... Cliff Burton playing that on the bass using some uh, pedals to give it that uh, distinct sound. And I was just blown away. And now in the song it goes into this sort of like march. And the whole song, it kind of has a march feel to it, like marching into war. And it's the most bad song I've ever heard, probably. I listened to it in the car ride home, and from school and I'm just taken to another place my favorite car ride listening to this song was in the midst of a lightning storm and I'm seeing lightning all around me in my car and it looks just like the front of the album and what a there's no better way to listen to For Whom the Bell Tolls than in a thunderstorm this song is called Creeping Death I've talked about it before and it talks about Exodus So you got that slow intro and then you go into this awesome breakdown. So I'm not going to read every lyric to the song, but I'd at least like to read a few so you can begin to understand how it's biblical. So the first lyrics are slaves, Hebrews born to serve to the Pharaoh, heed to his every word, live in fear, faith of the unknown one, the deliverer, wait, something must be done for a hundred years, 400 years. And then he goes on, Now let my people go, land of Goshen. Go, I will be with thee, bush of fire. Blood, running red and strong, down the Nile. Plague, darkness three days long, hail to fire. Then the chorus goes, So let it be written, so let it be done. I'm sent here by the Chosen One. To kill the firstborn Pharaoh's son, I'm creeping death. The release of Ride the Lightning saw Metallica drawing in even more fans and more success still without hardly ever getting any airplay. After they were done touring the record, James and Lars, who lived together back in San Francisco, immediately began writing material for their next album, Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets is often called the greatest metal album of all time. And it's without a doubt that it is. The album is a masterpiece of metal music and of rock and roll music. There's not a bad song on the record. The first song on Master of Puppets is called Battery. And it's an ode to the street that they all lived on in San Francisco called Battery Street. And Battery is an apt name for a street that the band Metallica lived on. I mean, their music is so energized like a battery. And Lars plays so fast on the drums that you think he's battery powered. So the song is pretty much saying you can't stop the battery and it's you know a metaphor for you can't stop Metallica, we're always going to be making music like this and to this day those lyrics ring true, They their most recent album was released in 2016 and they just released a live album a few months ago here in 2020 and I know that they're in the studio recording more music so yeah, like they say, the battery is here to stay. This is the song, Master of Puppets. I said Seek and Destroy is my favorite uh, Metallica song, but Master of Puppets is right up there. Maybe my second favorite, maybe tied with Seek and Destroy as being my favorite Metallica song. It's a symphony of a metal song. There's so many parts to it, and it's so cohesive at the same time. There's a beauty in the darkness of it. So the band has said that this song is really about drugs and how they hold a grip on people that they can't escape from. And they've said even larger than this, the master of puppets isn't just drugs, it's whatever holds a grip on someone's life that they can't uh, get control of. Here's the chorus. The third song on the album is an ode to H.P. Lovecraft and his uh, mythological character named Cthulhu And Cthulhu is a sea creature whose name should not be spoken And even speaking the name and saying Cthulhu invokes danger and invokes the beast to come out And this song is called The Thing That Should Not Be And it talks about the darkness that is Cthulhu very cool that they're able to write about these sort of dark and twisted stories that H.P. Lovecraft wrote about, and they're able to make them into these amazing metal songs. The next song on the album is Welcome Home Sanitarium, and it's largely inspired by the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a story about a character living in a sanitarium that's actually not insane. another song on master of puppets is leper messiah now james hetfield and lars ulrich were hanging out at their house one night and they saw a tv show about a a certain preacher who was asking for donations to uh to his uh his congregation and james and lars were kind of disgusted with this just in the fact that this guy has his own TV show, but yet he's still asking people for money for his congregation, when in the Bible it says that money is not even a a main drive for religion. Of course, tithing is something that we should all do, but when you're able to have your own TV show as a priest, there's probably not that much need to be asking others for money. Master of Puppets closes with this song called Damage Incorporated. It's very hard hitting. Up the hard and no gonna get so Metallica went on to tour this uh, monumental record, Master of Puppets and the fans ate it up they loved this record back when it was released in the 80s and they toured with Ozzy Osbourne who was the headliner of this sort of tour that they were going on but in almost every show Metallica outshined them as outshined Ozzy Osbourne as the opener and this rarely this almost never happens that the opening act is better than the main act but Metallica did it Almost every night. Sadly though, Metallica came face to face with death. The thing that they talked about the most in their lyrics. Death dying. They came face to face with it. When Cliff Burton was killed in a bus accident. When the band was traveling in Sweden. In the early morning, the bus driver hit a patch of black ice that sent the bus tumbling over and over and out flew cliff burton from one of the bus windows and the bus fell on top of him killing him immediately the band members were in shock and even though their best member their most genius member died in this tragic accident they knew they had to continue without him this is when they recruited the help of jason newstead who was originally from battle creek michigan to help them out with the bass playing duties With Jason Newstead, they recorded the album and Justice For All, which would help propel them even into more fame. Metallica reached true peak success with their fifth album, their self-titled album, Metallica. Hit songs such as Enter Sandman and The Unforgiven shine on this album. They recorded many other albums after these first five albums, but to me... The first five albums of Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Justice for All and Metallica showed the band at its best. Their other best albums to me, I would say, are the 2007 album Death Magnetic, the first one to feature Rob Trujillo on bass in full. And their 2016 album Hardwired to Self Destruct was also great. For a while in the 90s, after they released their self titled Metallica album, They kind of strayed away from their roots of thrash metal and just were a hard rock band. But with Death Magnetic, and ever since then, they've returned to their roots of thrash metal and have been thrashing the heads of metal fans ever since. One of my other favorite Metallica songs is a song called One, which is a war song telling the story about a soldier who had his arms and his legs blown off by a landmine and he's basically rendered a vegetable he can't see he can't talk he can't do anything but feel he can only feel um what's going on around him and these people are conducting scientific experiments on him yet he is alive and he's feeling everything and they're doing this just because he can't say no to it and the song is really dark but it's great it's one of their best songs Well, everyone, that's going to do it for this episode of the Devin Rogers Experience. I definitely would recommend you to listen to Metallica and listen to more of their music than I've talked about. There's so much to offer with Metallica. And even though they're a pretty hard and fast and angry band, there's so much to like with them. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Devin Rogers Experience, and I hope you enjoy listening to the rest of them. Take care, and I hope to have you listen to more of my podcasts. See you soon.